Hello, everybody. Um, so we're back. Uh, Pixel Perfect is back. Uh, as you know, it's a time to talk about your mistakes and your process and also about taking risks and things like that. And that's really what we're trying to do here is highlight um, that it's not all like success. It's there's little uh, groundworks that are to be done along the way. Um, so now, yeah, our first episode of season two uh, features Joanna Mahoney. Both Andy and I know her uh, before because we both went to Suffolk, um, or all three of us went to Suffolk, so you'll hear a little bit about that. It's kind of a mini reunion of sorts. Um, anyways, uh, Joanna is an in-house graphic designer at the Museum of Fine Arts in Boston, Massachusetts, for those who don't know. Uh, for the majority of 2020, she and her team worked hard to produce meaningful digital content for museum members and visitors to engage with from the comfort of their homes. Mahoney is also known for her impressive talents in motion graphics, illustration, and hand lettering art. Before completing her master's degree in graphic design at Suffolk University, Mahoney earned her undergraduate degree in theater studio studies um, at Emerson College, where she learned the ins and outs of designing set and prop pieces for theater and film. And this was uh, interesting for both Andy and I because we didn't know her at the time, and it was just fun to understand what she was like before she went to Suffolk um, and had this uh, graphic design career. So that was, that was definitely a fun part of the interview. Her creative journey is certainly full of twists and turns, and it's super exciting. We had a fun conversation, not only catching up, but discussing her design journey of becoming a leader in inspiring women, particularly young female creatives, to break the wage gap, be open to talking about their imposter syndrome struggles, and be brave to pursue their leadership positions with confidence and joy in the creative field. Throughout this talk, you will also discover her grassroots Valkyrie mentorship pro program, her hashtag 100 days project on Instagram, her passion for theater, and her other beautiful artwork. And now, Joanna Mahoney. What's up, what's up? Yeah, hello. Joanna, hello. how's it going? Good, how are you guys? We're going well, I guess. It's, you know, we're still, we're still in place here in the, in the house, but yeah, it's, um, I don't know. I got. I kind of gotten used to this living like this as well. How yeah. about, how about you? How is um, it different for you? Yeah, it's definitely nice to have that like extra time back during the day. Like, if I'm not spending an hour and a half each way commuting to work, like I can actually like work on my own projects or mm -hmm. like read a book or watch that series that I've been meaning to watch for a hundred years yeah. and just like never have time <laughs> for like actually cook myself real dinner so that's <laughs> that's pretty exciting there's some silver linings for sure to being cooped up at home oh yeah absolutely yeah. that's those are the things that I, I feel like I am also related to um we have been cooking a lot at home and um like you mentioned we've been watching so many shows and yeah. and, t uh, and movies now um in the past I didn't actually like watch a lot of shows mm -hmm. but just like oh okay well netflix we got it yeah disney plus we got yeah, it yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> mandalorian all the way oh, you know this is the way so good <laughs> yeah oh richardson, richardson yeah. 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 you know happy 
I'm talking about. So. Yep. Um, I finished all of that in like one weekend, and I already started listening to all the audiobooks in that series because it was so good. It's so oh. good. Nice. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. wait. Oh, there's, a, there's an audio book? There is. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. It's like a whole series, so it, like, follows. It, this is, like, totally not design-related, That's but fine. it follows each of the <laughs> Bridgerton children. So it's, like, this was Daphne's, and then the next one's going to be, like, oh. the kids, and then another one. So it's kind of, there's, like, a Interesting. There's going to be season two coming out soon, next yeah. year or something. Yeah. Those actors cool. are amazing. I'll watch like anything that they do. They're so good. <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's awesome. Right. So, so yeah, we we know you. Uh, you know, we've known you for a couple of years now because we mm-hmm. all went to the same grad school, design school. But uh, to anyone who doesn't know who you are, just tell us a bit about a little bit about who you are and your journey, and uh, yeah, where you came from. Sure. Yeah, so we, I obviously met you guys at the Suffolk Masters in Design program. Um, but before that, um, I actually started my career out of undergrad as a set and prop designer for theater and film. Um, and then did that for a little while. Um, loved the creative aspect of that work, obviously. Like, all of that work is so applicable to everything that I'm still doing now. I was a graphic designer. It's just in a different format. Um, but I did not love the hours of doing that <laughs> and the pay of doing that. Yeah. Like, it's still like not really highly valued work, even though it's incredibly hard work. It's incredibly taxing, like physically, emotionally, mentally. It's really, it's stuff you have to be really present for, so much work for. And I was like, I would have to do like seven shows at a time to just make my rent, like let alone buy food or groceries or whatever. Yeah, so working working as a theater designer, um, it took its toll for sure. And like even within just one year of doing that, I was exhausted. Um, and at that point, I didn't even really know that graphic design was a career that you could have. Like I just had never really experienced it or thought about it before. And no teachers in any of the classes I took in high school or college really referenced graphic design specifically at all. So mm-hmm. I thought like, all right, I'll try some arts administration work. I'll go work for a theater company, like try to do like marketing or something else where I can kind of be creative, but still, um, you know, be involved in this world. Um, and that's where I started to realize, like I, I was working with some of the designers on the marketing and audience services team at the opera. And like, there was this one designer who he was, really sweet this like ancient ancient old man he was extremely talented and like really amazing he literally would cut and paste things like with scissors and tape and like ask me to help him digitize things like he was awesome he was so cool um and i loved what he was doing and i was like wait he gets paid to do that so i could also get paid to do that how do i do that um, and so that's part of like what led me into graphic design was sort of discovering through that that marketing work and that client relationship work that that graphic design was even a thing. Um, yeah, so that's I, that's kind of that's me, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, well, I just gotta say that this is actually a very interesting journey that um, because you started from a theater background, which is also creative, like I, I guess despite the crazy hours you still have to be 
you know, constantly thinking about, oh, what, what should I create? Um, you know, like be creative about that. Um, and I'm just assuming that transition from the ad, um, you know, creative idea into bringing that idea from theater into graphic design. Um, it's a little bit similar, I'm assuming. Is that correct? Um, yeah. A little like, bit about that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I think there's a lot of similarities between um, set design and prop design and graphic design. Um, I think they're both at the heart of it about storytelling and about mm. creating a world that, that you want people to see or experience. Like, with set design, obviously, you're trying to make like a, uh, you know, the most convincing version of whatever. Like there was one that I did that was Much Ado About Nothing by Shakespeare, but it was set on a college campus in the 70s. So it's like, how do you, you know, make this world that's in the 70s? But even then, like I would be making props for it. Mm -hmm. And I had to do all this research about 70s advertisements. What does 70s furniture design look like? What do... And what were the textiles like at that time? What should her bedspread look like? What should her side table look like, or her lamp? Like, all of that stuff is, like, so similar to what we do with graphic right. designers when we're ready for a project. Like, there could be things, you know, 70s related that I have to design for, you know, someone else. Like, I did a an email newsletter, actually, for a client a couple years back, and he was obsessed with, gig posters for bands from the 60s and the 70s nice. so when i like had some of that research and some of that knowledge to pull from for my theater design world but, oh kind of what that like let me do some more research and see if i apply that to my design for this guy's newsletter um so it's it's all totally about storytelling and i think both of them offer designers a chance to sort of put your mark on it and to put your point of view into the design. Um, so that's, yeah, there's definitely like tons of similarities and um, even like, I would say user experience, like you're trying to mm. solve a problem, right? Like with theater, it's like you're designing a prop and some actor is gonna use that prop and I have to design right. it that's going to make it super easy for them to use and super intuitive and it's going to be really sturdy it's not going to break after like one performance right. and like they're going to be able to use it like, so that's that's kind of a, an exercise in user experience design i think yeah you know, it's just it's like a different uh facet of it for sure but it's like it is very related or you can see how that is related to it um so so at Suffolk, where all three of us went, uh, we had a thesis project where we each picked a problem we see in the world and tried to address it through design. Uh, Joanna created Valkyrie, a community for uh, creative women, so they can be more confident and feel represented in the uh, design community. Uh, what were some of the challenges that you encountered for Valkyrie? And you know, just take us through that process a little bit too. Sure, so creating Valkyrie was, that's probably one of the most challenging things that I've ever done, <laughs> uh, but definitely one of the most rewarding. Um, but I was I was inspired to create this sort of community, this like mentorship program and networking community where um, women and other like underrepresented creatives could sort of come together and help each other feel more confident in their work and their abilities. Um, I had I had noticed 
um, as ton, a ton of people have noticed this problem and have right. products about this problem before, but like in the design world, as well as like every other industry, um, women, black people, people of color, the LGBTQ community, like all of those communities are so underrepresented in the leadership of these communities and and in the education systems like i don't remember learning anything about any black designers when i was in school like i just didn't they only taught like these older white male designers sometimes a white woman designer like i learned about you know paula share some of the main um most successful women in the industry but like I, I, once I was getting close to graduation, I was like, wow, why did I not learn this stuff? Like, this is crazy. And it's just because they're not built into the curriculum. They were never built into the curriculums. Um, and it can really take a toll on a person. If you want to do something, you don't see anybody that looks like you doing it. Even if you're still confident in yourself and you, you're still confident in your abilities, that mm-hmm. sort of creates this little voice in the back of your head that's like, oh, maybe this is not for me. Like maybe this is not where I belong or something that I'm I'm allowed to do or capable of doing. Um, so that's why I sort of took it upon myself and my thesis work to create um, what an ideal uh, place could look like where people from all mm-hmm. of those different backgrounds could come together and support each other and say, hey, you know what, we do belong here. You are valid, yeah. your skills are valid, you're opinions are valid, valid. Um, yeah, so that's, that was the, the sort of, um, the inspiration behind making that program. Cool. Yeah. Um, I, I gotta say, this is actually a very great project that you've done and, um, the behind the scenes, the story back to the point of, you know, like everything is about storytelling. Um, and, and you picked an issue that, um, perhaps you may have encountered in the past and you've seen around um, and then you and try to create an amazing project. Um, what are, I was wondering, what are some, um, um, because the thesis process is actually, a, I believe, a ther- three semester long, right? Um, so during those process, um, did you find yourself thinking, okay, I have an idea, I have, I I, 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 I kind of have a solution here. So how can I get that? Do you, have you ever doubted yourself to um, come to this conclusion that, oh, I don't know if I can actually make this happen? Mm-hmm. Um, and how, how did you find that um, uh, a path to achieve it at the end? Yeah, totally. I think um, my, my first semester when I was doing all of my research, I didn't even know that this was like what it was going to end up being. I had no clue. I was just kind of focused on representation and, and focused on my own experience as a designer, um, and trying to like, to navigate like my experiences as a woman and like, I represent all of this through graphic design. Like what's that all about? And that, that turned into in studio work. Um, finding ways to connect to other people and their identities through graphic design. And so that sort of morphed into this, this mentorship networking community for women. Um, and then towards the end of my studio work, I was talking to my thesis advisors, uh, Keith and Kayla, and they were encouraging me to make it a real thing. Well, time I like had this 
mm. horrible imposter syndrome where I was like, I cannot possibly <laughs> be the person that makes this real. Like, I don't know how to do that. I know nothing about making mm. a community. I know nothing about mentorship or networking. Like, I only know from like the things that I have done. Like, I I'm just me. Like, how do I how do I do this? Mm. Um, and so I had decided to focus on doing just like one event, doing like one tester event. Um, and I ha had planned on continuing doing these live events, but obviously live events are kind of on hold for all of us right now. But back right, then right. that was like sort of and my you have plan a job like, too. like two times a year, three times a year, like I'll, I'll do some kind of oh. professional development event. Um, and so that sort of threw me back to the research and going, okay, like how does somebody put something like that together and who do I know in my own circle or in the school circle that might want to do this with me that might be interested in presenting something, um, and trying to come up with different like activities so that it would be interactive and people wouldn't be so scared. Like, I feel like at networking events, it's so horrible to like come up right. and like yeah. talk about yourself. Like, what do you of say? Like, Tell me about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> awful. Awful. yeah. Um, so I didn't want it to be like that for people. Um, so I just, I really tried to take it one step at a time. Like I did all this research to see how other people were doing similar events and wrote myself a big list of, of steps. And then I broke out all of those into even smaller steps to just be like, today I'm going to email three, uh, women and leadership designers in the Boston area mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. see if they're even remotely interested in it. And I'd be like, all right, that's all I'm not going to overwhelm myself. Let's, you know, see what happens next. So I think it really, it really is just about like being brave enough to reach out to other people and, and ask them for help and ask them, you know, how do you do this? Most of the time people were really happy to help. Like even yeah. all of the no's that I got from different speakers, they were like, wow, what a cool idea. This is mm -hmm. such a great project. Uh, you know, keep me in mind, whatever, but like, I'm not, you know, I'm not available now or I'm not interested now, or, you know, I'm available, but I don't, you know, work for free, which is totally understandable. Like I didn't have any money. Right, right. Also, like I would have loved to bring in some other, other designers and, and pay them to actually come and speak and, and do their thing. Um, right, right. That's yeah, cool. absolutely. It still feels kind of like, oh my gosh, like I can't possibly be the person that did that, even though I did. Mm. Do yeah. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. I, um, yeah, I, I, I think I found out, um, after Suffolk that like networking is such an important part of des like designing that you don't even realize it until afterwards where you're like, oh, right. I'm a designer, but like, you know, I'm creating all these different things, but then you also forget <laughs> the other part where you have to like worry about people actually seeing it and communicating that idea yeah. so it's 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 like scary but then you start to realize like oh yeah i guess it is kind of a part of the the job yeah. in a way so that's totally that's cool. yeah. Um, yeah there's yeah. a lot of parts of it that are that are like that like i think people always picture mm -hmm. graphic designers as like doodling on our ipads and yeah. like, you know being really cool fun artsy right. crazy stuff but like yeah. half of it is like public relations the marketing yeah and stuff. you have to like, yeah oh, be out there sure. yeah for sure i think i i love the point that you said earlier that um you know like you have to be 
brave enough to reach out to people and to uh, have the courage to to do the work, even though it feels like, oh my gosh, I can. Um, I I honestly, I I honestly think that it's it's relate. Uh, I can relate to that, and I, I, I feel like Brett also relate to that because we working on this yes. project together, and and we we have to do that. <laughs> we we also surprised that oh wow we actually working together on yep. the podcast and, and interviewing guests and friends, having this touch up conversation, uh, yep. which is great. Um, and I also see the value that you said about the community library that is open up to um, people who are under uh you know representative um i mean under under represented uh, um and and that's something that we right now we are trying to do as well trying to um, be more inclusive trying to have a diverse uh group guests, of people so uh let's so then we can have um a bigger and broad and open uh talk to everybody so yep. that we have more perspectives um, yeah. This is great. Yeah. Totally. I, totally. I think that's something I've been trying to do a lot since graduating Suffolk too, is like educating myself on what other players are out there from other communities and like what they're working on and like, mm. and just, just educating myself about these other perspectives that are mm. from my own. Like yep. it's a lot of work, but it's also really rewarding and like really exciting when like you find oh, yeah. somebody when you see them doing something that's like so totally different from what you do and it's like can't believe i never (laughs) that's great that's awesome um well thank you for sharing that um design process uh joanna um so i think the next topic that we want to um talk about is um we've seen your instagram account um when where you uh i think you got inspired from your Valkyrie project, A Hundred Days of Joe. Um, yep. And currently you also have, you also been doing this A um, Hundred Days project uh, on your own. Um, yep. And they are amazing. Um, and we just wonder how, um, you know, what is your biggest thing that you learned from doing this project um, and what inspired you? I know that it's from but is there anything beyond that yeah yeah for sure i think um so the first 100 days project that i did 100 days of joe um i had done it on like a separate instagram account because i i thought like oh this needs to be separate from everything else i do but this time i'm kind of doing it on my own um my own Mm -hmm. instagram account um just because i'm like you know what my audience is the same all the same people that that are probably going to be the same people that are interested in it for my quote unquote, like a regular account. Um, but right. just, you know, continue with it there and, and keep up with it there. And, and um, I think that makes a lot of sense because it really is like a very personal project. Um, the original one that I did um, was actually sort of, I did it at like the same time that I was developing uh, the Valkyrie project. And that was a, a really big exploration into that first that first idea that I came up with in my research mm-hmm. of like, how do I represent a person through graphic design? Like, how can I represent myself um, through design and not just like a self portrait or illustrations or like, how can I use 
typography and motion graphics and layering and different textures and, and photography, like how can I incorporate all these different things that I love working with into a design piece that is representative of who I am? Um, so every day I would give myself like a 20 to 40 minute window, sometimes closer to 40 minutes, as short as possible so that I could actually be doing one every single day. Um, and I would, I would give myself sort of like a prompt. Like I would be like, okay, mm. like, this is going to represent my love of this musician or this movie or this quote that has really impacted me or my family or my relationships. Like I would kind of think of a different thing every day and then pull from all the resources that I've collected over the years, you know, photos on my phone or different typography or just different things that that I've encountered or I had around my house and I would I would smoosh all of those together into um, a digital collage of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, and so each day was was very different. And I actually started out the first one in black and white, completely in black and white, because I realized right. that I was taking so long to think about color and right. typography that like it was taking forever. It was so mm -hmm. daunting. It was like, it's sort of that same thing of like coming up with the list and breaking down into smaller right. steps. Like, and I eliminate it from that to make it easy for myself to just focus on the concept and focus on that prompt. Um, and then slowly over time, I started adding in color. I started adding in, you know, different materials and different typefaces. Um, and so the one that I'm doing now, um, just my untitled 100 Days project is, is still very similar. Um, but I think it's more, it's even more granular. Like it's even more zoomed in on that concept. It's kind of like, how am I feeling today? And right. what are like, you know, three or four words that represent how I'm feeling and how can mm. I represent that feeling that I'm having? And this time I'm kind of giving myself the liberty of like, no constraints. Like it can be color, it can be black and white, it can be motion nice. graphics, it can be completely still, it can be, you know, super maximalist and full of stuff, or it can be, you know, really minimal and simple. Um, so yeah, I think, I think it just feels like, like a release. Like it feels like, mm. like so good to just be able to put something out there that isn't a design brief for somebody else. It isn't even necessarily like, um, you know, a part of like a, you know, I'm doing this illustration project or I'm doing this other thing. It's just yeah. like, okay, I want to make something right now for the sake of making it and get it mm -hmm. out of my system and just like mm -hmm. feel good about it. Right. You know? Yeah. That, that kind of, uh, reminds me of, well, of two things. One, when me and Andy were do designing a word every day and we kind of like, mm -hmm. we're experimenting with different styles and different things and like just depending on the word, what message it was. So that was pretty cool. And then it also reminded me back when I, back in my thesis days, when I would do the 36 days of type where every day I would do a different letter each day. And, and I, like, you know, you're describing exactly how I was feeling where I was able to like experiment and kind of express myself creatively and, and just try new things and stuff. And that's, that's a big part of like what we're, you know, what we're trying to promote here is like the, the aspect of like, just, just keep on trying, keep on, keep on doing it. Even if you're mm. not too sure about yourself or you're not, you're yeah. not too sure what's, mm. what's going on. So that's, I, totally. yeah, I, 
I, I, so I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. This is a lot like my own thesis. So I was, um, a lot of the stuff, I was like, oh, this is pretty cool. So I applaud yeah. you for that. Yeah, that's a great point. It's a great way to like be able to experiment and just like try something new. Like there's no pressure. Like nobody has to see it. Nobody has to even like it. Like it doesn't matter how many <laughs> likes we get on this project. I yeah. don't care if 20 people like it or 200 people like it. Yeah, that was the I'm same. And see if it works. Yeah. Like, you might find something new. Yeah, no, I mean, that was the same for me, too. It's like, don't get me wrong, I did um, love when people liked my stuff. And in (laughs) fact, when, like, during 36 Days of Type, I purposely posted it at the same time every time because I knew people were looking at that hashtag at that specific Mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, but, like, it's, you know, it's also like, after a while, I was just like, you know what? I don't care who likes it. It's just more about my own development creatively. So I don't really have a question for that. Yeah. I just wanted to make that comment. Yeah. No, um, that's so true. Yeah. It can be so hard to like to get over that like feeling of like, oh, I need everybody to love this. Like that's right. totally like ingrained in our heads. I think as creative people to be like, I'm going to make something that everybody loves. <laughs> like you can't make something that. <laughs> yeah. everybody- like it's just not possible and like it's so hard to keep up with like instagram algorithms like oh when oh, can yes. i post this so that everybody will see it what hashtags do i use are hashtags right. even relevant anymore right. does anybody care like it's, <laughs> it's so impossible to keep up with that stuff so yeah i totally yeah, sure. agree with you on that um it's it's uh, definitely intimidating yeah. to look at sometimes um i feel the same way um i wonder have you so um, by practicing this creative outlet um, from your uh, personal expression, I wonder, have you ever um, found your identity yet? Or is it something that you're still looking for? That's a great question. I think I think I'm still figuring it out. Like, I think it's, yeah. it's definitely morphing over time. And I think that's one thing I've learned um over the course of the first hundred day project is that someone was like oh how did you find this style and i was mm-hmm. like well, look at the very first week that i did it's a completely <laughs> different style from the last week and it's a completely different style from what i'm doing now it's like it's so it changes so much and i think the only way to really find that style that feels like it's very uniquely yours is to just keep making a ton of stuff like mm-hmm. if i had going I wouldn't have found all of these different like tools and techniques that I now love that I now try to implement in like all of my design work like whether it's personal or professional like there's little things that I'm like oh I could you know use this little technique that I used in this 100 day project and that's kind of my thing now so Mm -hmm. it's like I think you you develop it the more work you do and that can be so hard when you're trying to make work that other people like because right. it's like it doesn't free you up to find your own style yeah you for know? sure yeah you have to find yeah. that balance yeah. yeah yeah you have to find that balance so uh so the reason why we created this uh podcast is because of my thesis which was about learning from your mistakes um in the sense of design and it seems like you're you're uh, a big example of that just from this instagram project just like keep on making iterations and, and learning from that. So, uh, but this is like the big question that we ask every guest here. 
So share with us the biggest mistake in your desi design career and how has that shaped you as a designer and what lessons did you learn from that experience? Oh gosh, that's, I know. that's such a it's good question. I know, it's, it's the big question that we're, yeah, we're trying not to lay it on everyone like we did in season one, but uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll get into it now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I was, I've been thinking about that. Um, I've been thinking about this question a lot, and I think there's a few there's a few like smaller mistakes that all kind of are around um, communication. I think that's like a really big one in terms of having a design career um, because like back in my theater days, like the the worst mistake I made, the thing that made me so burned out and so miserable to the point where I was like, I never want to see another theater show ever again, let alone like be a designer for one, um, which I'm over now, I still like theater, but uh, <laughs> the worst part was taking on too much work and not charging enough for that work. Mm -hmm. um, because saying yes to everything is just not feasible for one person. Like it's it's impossible to, to be able to take on all that all of that work at the same time and then to charge so little that you can't like be comfortable working on all of those things like I feel like none of those projects were ever the way that I wanted them to be like none of them ever came out with the original vision that I had in my head because I was so stressed and so overstretched and overworked like trying to make everything happen and half the time um especially for it was one show that I did props for that I ended up spending the entire stipend that they gave me for like my pay on the actual budget because it, oh I just I was like so unhappy with it and like I wanted the quality <laughs> of and like I was obsessed but I like I if I had charged more if I had charged like mm. what my work was actually what I was actually worth um, for that work I probably wouldn't have had to do that and I wouldn't have had to do seven shows at the same time but it's different for theater I feel like in theater you don't have as much control over that. Um, mm. Like there's, there's a set budget, there's a set amount. It's, they're mostly nonprofits that you're working with. So like they, right. they can't pay you more, a lot of them. Right. Um, but with design, as designers, we totally have the ability to do that. It's just mm. the question of, again, like being brave enough um, to act for what you're worth. And then also to sort of be able to back that up, right? To like communicate to right. the client, here's why you should give me this amount of money to do this thing for you because I have the skills and I have the expertise and I'm gonna work with you and create this amazing thing together. But like, I think, I think this is like one of the only kind of occupations in the design world where you, you do have a little bit more control over that. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, like I think I wouldn't say yes to everything because that's it can be too much time-wise and not every project is going to be a great fit like i don't know if a bank asked me to make them a super boring corporate logo i would i would <laughs> maybe do it for the money but i don't know that i would really love to yeah. <laughs> so, um but i think it's okay to say no to things that are not interesting or or exciting to you or things that don't align with who you are as a person or as a designer um, yeah, so I think that that's definitely the biggest one. And then going back to that idea of imposter syndrome and like having self-confidence, like I would have started doing graphic design a lot sooner um, if I had just had the confidence to be like, 
I'm I'm just gonna do it. Like I I kept being like, mm-hmm. oh, I could never, I could never. I don't know anything about that. Like yeah. I spent like several years after doing that freelancing work as an administrator working in marketing, and I learned a lot of great stuff from that. But I didn't really pursue a design education for like five years after I first like learned about it because I was convinced that like I couldn't do it or that I shouldn't mm-hmm. be doing it. Um, so I think just like just start, you know, just start doing it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then I think like that idea of communicating things to clients, communicating your work and setting expectations for clients is so important. Um, so that everybody, so that everybody's happy, you know, like if you know what the end result is and they know what the end result is and they understand what your process is going to be like, everything's going to go a lot smoother and you can have that confidence to be like, mm-hmm. yes, what we're going to do. Does that make sense? No, that makes sense. Yeah. It does. Sorry, right. that's that's so many many answers to your question. <laughs> no, no, it's good. No, I think, I think you touched based on a very important, um, point for most of freelancers out there. Like I am doing freelance design right now and I, uh, I run into, uh, issues like that. Um, you know, reaching out to clients, dealing, dealing with clients, and sometimes you get clients that are not really, um, you know, are really on board with the price that you give them, and then they just, you know, they just go, or you might just let them go. Um, I, um, one more thing that you uh, said earlier that, um, so in order for you to get to the point that you thought that you convinced yourself okay, design is something and I should go, I should get more knowledge on design or like um, perhaps learning uh, design tools uh, to use. Um, what are the, what are the people, who are the people, what are the resources that you, that helped you influence that, you know, idea? Yeah, definitely. I think um, it was interesting when I, after I worked at the Alpha for a little while, I worked for a real estate company doing mm-hmm. um, a lot of marketing and administration stuff for them. And they actually didn't have like an in-house designer, but they had these templates that they used and they had InDesign. And so the admins would all sort of learn just enough about InDesign to be able to pop into these templates and mm-hmm. update them and like make them look good. As I kept working with those, I was like, I can do more with this. I can make this look better. Like, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. So I like would kind of play around with that a little bit. Um, and then one day my boss, um, brought in another designer to, uh, the office because we had all my, me and the other administrators had all these questions and we were all kind of interested in it. We're like, Oh, like, how do we do this? How do we do this? Right. So he very kindly was like, all right, I know this graphic designer. She's great. I'm going to bring her in and she can, I'm going to pay her to do a session with you guys. Um, and answer all your questions and, and maybe do like a little tutorial or something. Um, that designer was Emily Marsh, who went to Suffolk University. And Mallory Landry now have their own design firm, Colorbox Industries. Um, they're great. They do a lot of stuff that's like um, data visualization related, museum related. It's very, very cool stuff. Check them out. Um, but so she, I, you know, kept talking to her and I was like, how do I do what you do? Like, how did you do this? What are you doing? So she you know, described her experience at Suffolk and I was like, 
that sounds amazing. That sounds like something I could do. It sounds like something mm-hmm. I want to do. Um, so I, you know, went to a couple of like, um, those like orientation sessions and, uh, met a couple of the professors and, and just, it seemed like it really clicked. Like I, I researched a bunch of different design programs throughout Boston and this was the one that seemed like, I don't know, some, something about that the whole thesis process was really exciting to me. And I had seen a lot of the thesis projects that other students had done. And I was just like, whoa, like if I come out of this program doing anything half as cool as some of these these projects, like that will have been absolutely worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's sort of what, what really like prompted that, that decision to really go for it. Um, and then I think while I was at Suffolk, um, I relied a lot on um, Skillshare classes, actually, mm-hmm. to help me brush up on a lot of the technical stuff. Like, I would have these great ideas for different design projects mm-hmm. in class, and I would be like, I have no idea how to do that. How the hell would I do that? And so I would <laughs> look at resources like Skillshare or like Lindo.com right. and YouTube, obviously. Like, there's a lot that you yeah. can sort of teach right. yourself from those. Yeah, yeah Skillshare is great. Um... Yeah, I've been using Skillshare too. Um, this is great. This is like a backstory of how you got yeah, to exactly, yeah. and then, um, you know, uh, got to where you are right now. Um, so your origin story. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is awesome. Uh, so um, on that note, so I, I think now we can um, we move to uh, questions that a little bit about um, more like an advice to young designers or any creative uh people um communities out there um so what would you what advice would you give to anyone who is interested in graphic design or trying to pursue any creative endeavor or maybe you can put yourself um what what would you tell your um you know five years ago self um like okay, graphic design is something that you should pursue. And mm-hmm. if you have a courage to do it, do it now. When would you do that? When, what advice? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, I think I would have told myself to like really immerse myself in learning about that world and like learning about what design is and like what are the applications of design because there are so many things that you can do with this job. Like there are so many different ways that you can work as a graphic designer in the world. And I think I, I wish that I had learned about more of those things sooner. You know, I I would have loved to like, um, study some of these, these designers and like design history a little bit. Like I know that might sound kind of boring and tedious to someone who's just starting out. Like, I don't want to learn the history of this stuff, but like it really can inspire you to be like, Oh, I want to do that. Like if I had seen, I saw this one Ted talk from Marion Bontjes, um, B A N T J E S. If you are not familiar with her, um, she did this great Ted talk about like work versus play and how like her work is her play. And like, I was so inspired by the, the, not just like the work that she's done, but just like the things that she has to say about design were so inspiring. So like, I would say like, check out stuff like that, like watch those TED Talks, watch on Bagmeister's TED Talks, watch, you know, Abstract on Netflix. It's like all of that stuff, even the people that are not specifically graphic designers, 
it's all design related. All this stuff is totally right. related. Um, so I, I would say that that would have probably given me more, more inspiration to like be free with my design education and like try things out and not just like, you know, learn what the brief is and like work, you know, make it perfect or make it this or that. Like, I think that's how you learn is by mm-hmm. giving yourself the freedom to just experiment and try different stuff. And like, if it, if you feel like it sucks, you feel like it sucks, but like at least you tried that thing and now you know the <laughs> right. thing that you didn't know before. Right. Um, so I think like, yeah, just, just like immerse yourself in that world mm-hmm. and look at what other people have done and that'll help you figure out like what you want to try and what you want to experiment with. And like, I think, um, yeah, just having, having that, that confidence to say, like, even if I'm scared to do this or I'm nervous to do this, like, I'm just going to try it. Yeah. I'm just going to maybe, yeah. maybe take a specific te- uh, steps, small steps, um, yeah. like you mentioned earlier yep. and then go from there. Yeah, 100%, yeah, 100% on board. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense just to, oh, wait, like, I wish I knew all these different designers before I I went into the design field. Like, I was like, I don't even, I don't think I knew, like, who all these guys, uh, the people I learned from, like, you know, before I went to Suffolk. So that's, that's a good, that's a good advice for anyone. That's true. Um, so since we work from home more often, do you find yourself limited in the creative process or, um, or is like, just talk, talk us through that or, and how did you get yourself out of it? If, if you have, (laughs) that's a great question. It's definitely taken from getting used to. And I think like, I think that that idea of communication that we were talking about before is like, it's it's almost like we had to learn how to communicate with each other all over again, at least like the, the people on my team that I was used to seeing every day and just being able to run over to their desk and go, hey, like, what do you think of these two ideas? Or like, out of these, you know, 10 proofs for this graphic identity, like, which direction do you think we should go? Like, it's so much easier sometimes when you're used to working together in person to just like run over and have a quick chat about it. And like, Mm -hmm. it feels very comfortable to talk about design that way. Um, But it's actually been really, really great to practice um, talking about design and presenting design work to clients and to other people on my team uh, digitally because I feel like that has opened me up to like the idea of working with anyone. Like I feel like I could work with somebody in California now if yep. they wanted to hire me mm-hmm. for a project and like I would be comfortable presenting right. my work to them this way or just having like a more comfortable conversation with them this way. Um, I definitely would not have felt that way before. I would have been like, no way I need to work with people that I can run to a coffee shop and meet yeah. up with them there. Yeah. Like that's, that's very limiting. Um, so that's, it's been, it's been tough. And it's also been tough because I feel like, especially on, on my team at my job, um, there had always been this very specific process um, for reviewing our design work that was very like print-based and paper-based. Like everybody mm. would like, print things out and like right. bring them to these mailbox and be like, all right, when you're done with this, like mark it up and do this thing, do this thing. And like, 
we've had to, to revise that, but I think it's, it's worked so much better for us this way. Like we've, we've utilized different organization tools and productivity tools that have helped us to like streamline that process. And I feel like if we ever, if we ever go back to the office, um, we'll, we'll probably be doing it this way because it just, it makes more sense. We have great records of all the things that we tried. We have all these backups of proofs that we didn't end up using for this one thing, but maybe we'll use it for something else down the line. Um, that would probably just be like living in a, a recycling bin pile underneath my desk. <laughs> yeah, we can save more trees from that too. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Um, uh, and I love having that, I think we were talking about this earlier too, like having that extra hour and a half in the morning, an extra hour and a half in the evening to do something for myself. Like if I want to just like draw, one day like that might be the way that i wind down from my nine to five job like i'll sit down with my ipad or i'll sit down with a literal notebook and, and pencil and just like do it and like if i was commuting like i think I, I would be too stressed i'd be too distracted and by the time you get home you barely have the energy to like make yourself dinner like now i'm like oh this is great i finished my work i'm gonna take the dog out for a walk i'm gonna draw for an hour and then we're gonna cook ourselves a, a tasty maybe healthy meal. So mm -hmm. it's good, but I do miss, especially working at a museum. Um, I definitely loved being able to walk out on my lunch break and just like walk through the hall and see all of this amazing fine art, like things that people made like hundreds and hundreds of years ago that are like absolutely mind blowing. And, and I felt like I had a really great sense of peace from doing that. And like, I would get a lot of inspiration from doing that. And like, mm -hmm. if I was ever stressed about anything, I could sort of walk through those hallways and go, okay, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing. Like it's for this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, or even like for my hundred day project, like a lot of the materials that I use are like, I'll take photos of things that I see when I'm like out and about on walks or if I was mm -hmm. you know on the train and I saw like an interesting texture right. or an interesting typeface or like, something like that. Like I would take the picture and I would have this huge library on my phone of yeah. pictures of stuff that I could use for later. And now right. I'm like in the same walk around my neighborhood every single day and <laughs> not seeing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so that, that can be kind of, um, it's a weird adjustment. Like I have to look for inspiration in other places now that I'm working at home. Right, right. Yeah, that's something I hadn't really thought of because usually like, I think I did this more when I was in Suffolk was I would just start like taking pictures of like random things that I found while I was walking back home. But like, I, I kind of stopped doing that, but it was more just like yeah. inspirational stuff. And now it's like, yeah, yeah, if you're walking the same place every single day, it's, it's not yeah. as, yeah. um, and I do also learn from, uh, Suffolk that, um, that, oh yeah, you should not only, you know, a stay at your computer and design thing, you should like go out sure. and go to museums and um, yeah. just explore it, like get lost or something, explore more. Yes, yeah. definitely. Like that's, I wish I could do that so badly. Like it's, yeah. it's so different. Um, We're getting there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Soon. Hopefully, hopefully. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, so I think um, we, um, we have a few, just a couple small questions for you before we go into the rapid fire questions. Um, cool. That's going to be like 
Sip a sip of fun. fun. We look forward to that. <laughs> um, um, so um, we um, so okay. Besides your a hundred day project at the moment, um, are there any other future plans or projects that you are thinking of right now? You think that you're going to go back to Valkyrie um, to to do a little bit more on that, or even um, work yeah. at the MFA too? Right. Yeah, right. So you have to keep on working yeah. with MFA. Um, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, obviously, I, I actually super love my full-time job, which is very great and really unique. But I think a lot of people can't always say that. Obviously, there are frustrations. No job of is ever going to be perfect. But um, I love being able to do what I do for them because it feels kind of like working in a creative agency within a museum. So it's like every time there's a new exhibition, like, you have to do a brand identity right. for that exhibition, even though it's still part of the MFA and it has to fit within the MFA's branding and, and feel like it's still coming from the MFA's voice. Like I still get to like do a really cool, fun brand identity for like a completely different artist. And so it's going to mm -hmm. look different every time. It's going to be a new challenge every time. Um, so that's kind of nice that I get to do that for like this content that I feel really passionate about um, and still get to like experiment with all these different things. Um, but I do think, I do want to go back to Valkyrie at some point. Like, I think now that we've been working from home for so long, there have been so many people that have facilitated really great digital events. Um, so I've been trying to go to a lot of those and to sort of learn from them and, and go back to that research phase of figuring out like, okay, what makes a good successful virtual event? And like, mm. what would I have to do? What that look like and what what would people get out of it what do i want them to get out of it um so i think like even if we can't go back to things being more in person like that also opens it up for more people to be able to participate hopefully because they can do it from their couch they can do it from their bed with you know their pillows propped up around them like whatever they want to do um but i do want to think about doing something with that um, I've also really been enjoying doing a lot of motion graphics work at the museum. Um, like I've been doing a lot of animations for like videos, like different like title card animations or social media animations. And it's something that I experimented with at Suffolk and I, I did have some projects that involved motion from that, but like I, it's really, there's something really satisfying about like taking something that you've made and making it move. Like it's oh, yeah. me up. Like I'm like a like a kid in a candy shop. Like I'm just like, ooh, 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 like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> right. So I wanna I wanna do more motion based work for sure in the future. Um so I'll probably be doing some skill share classes mm, and yeah. and Good promotion for them. Yeah, I, I I think I've seen some of your a hundred day project uh that involve both like the, yeah. the stuff that you've been learning that you've learned from Suffolk and now motion graphics they together, which is actually yeah. very, very cool and inspiring, uh, to be quite honest. Yeah. Um, <laughs> awesome. So, okay. I think now is the time for us to do the rapid yeah. fire questions. Are you ready, Toronto? <laughs> yeah. We're trying this. Um, yeah, I guess I, this is the first time we're doing a rapid fire questions. <laughs> we're trying to, this is going to replace our silly question that we ask every guest, but uh, we thought this would just be a way to, to get all our silly questions out of the way. I so it. it's going right. to be fun. Um, um, I, I think there are um, 
let's see, ten, about 10 questions. Um, Something like I that. I hope it's not going to take too long, but it, yeah. just uh, feel free to take time to think yeah, about the answer. To, to yeah, don't. Even though well. it is rapid fire, you, you yeah. can take so, so much so time on this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you might have to think about a couple of these, yes. Right, exactly. Okay, okay. All right, um, so we're going to take time to ask you questions. Yeah. So um, okay. I'm going to go first and then grab yeah. so forth. Right. Sounds All right. Good. You're ready. All right, let's yeah. do this. So the first, the first question. What... If you had to be an animal, what animal would you be? Ooh, ooh. Oh, great question. I, oh, people have asked me this before, and I always want to say that it's a dog, but I feel mm. like I have to be more specific than that because, like, I feel like different dogs have different personalities, and I'm definitely, like, more along the lines of a golden retriever. Like, I wish I was, like, a more, um, I don't know. Like, I wish I was not so, like, friendly and wanted everyone to love me, but that's just who I am. That's right. just, <laughs> that's just how it is. I just want everyone to love me all the time and, like, hang out and, like, super sociable. Um, so I think, I think probably a golden retriever. I have oh, to that's say. great. That's yeah. More specific. I like that one, yeah. Uh, <laughs> What would be your superpower and why? Ooh, like a superpower that I already have, or like if I could pick. Well, yeah, that, that is interesting. Uh, yeah, so oh, like you already have a superpower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll tell you, I always, I always say that my superpower is um, something that I picked up. I'm working in theater. Is that I'm like not scared at all to talk in front of big groups of people. Like, if you told me to, like, go talk to an audience of a thousand people, as long as I feel like I know what I'm talking about, like, I'm, I'm ready. I'm pumped. Like, I'll oh, do it. That works, yeah. Um, I, 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 I can see that, yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I, I think <laughs> at one point, um, back in Suffolk, I asked you a question, oh, how can you just be very confident talking in front of people, uh, especially yeah. in reveals? So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's just a power. It's probably like the theater stuff too that I would imagine helps a lot with that. Yeah, it's like I I feel like I've practiced it so many times that like at a certain point you almost just kind of forget that there's that many people right. and you're just like talking to your friend or you're talking to you know someone. Um, so I think that's my like for real superpower. Like if I like really had one. What about your? Very good at making fried egg sandwiches. Okay. I make the best fried egg sandwiches. Mm, that's good. <laughs> okay, that's, that's yeah, what you're saying. I like that, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. I like that a lot. <laughs> it's different, yeah. It's a good, it's a good answer, yeah. Um, okay, so the next one. Who was your hero growing up? Ooh. Maybe one, maybe two, maybe three. Mm-hmm. Only three. We're just going to limit it to three. <laughs> One, one to three heroes. Yeah. Oh. oh, man. I think, I think that, like, I would have to say, this is, like, such a, like, cliche answer, maybe, but, like, I think my mom was a big mm-hmm. one for me. Like, she has always been a super um, strong feminist person, and, like, she has been a career woman for her whole life. Like, she was always working, and, like, she definitely instilled in me like a want to make my career something that I love and something that I'm proud of. Um, and I think like just watching her um, 
be trying to be this like, strong working woman in a world that was like very much like Dolly Parton and I five movie, like her bosses like were not necessarily like respectful of her work and her ethic. Um, because she was a mom. Like it's 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 this really awful dichotomy that a lot of women have to go through and a lot of parents right. have to go through balancing that um work life and kid life and not necessarily like wanna have both. I don't know about motherhood and all that. That's you know, <laughs> someday down the line I'll figure that out. Um, but like career has always been like important to me and I've always been really inspired to like mm-hmm. to take her the the things about like being a good feminist that she taught me and trying to like implement those things in my life too and like I don't know carry those forward and and improve upon them because obviously like the things that she was doing were progressive for her time and like now we're on a whole new level like progressive a different thing now and like we need to keep working on this stuff and and keep keep making things inclusive um so I think but I think she she started all that for me for sure um, so that was always very inspiring. Um, oh my Great. gosh, I'm trying to think if I have any others, but that's the first one. That's <laughs> no, that's a good mind. one. That's a good Great. one. Great answer. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, what are your current browser tabs or bookmarks that you always have on? Ooh, good question. Um, wow, I think I definitely always have. I know it sounds like an ad for Skillshare because that's all I talk about, but I literally always have a tab open of like a class that I'm kind of interested in that I'll like, if I'm on a break, like I might watch like a five minute little lesson of something. Um, I like, I'm obsessed with learning obviously, Um, but it's just kind of fun too. Like it's cool to see what other people are creating and working on. So that's definitely one. Um, Pinterest. I always have Pinterest open, literally always. I use it for everything all the time. I use it for mood boards, for design work, and I use it for, you know, decorating my house and, like, just, Mm. like, general, like, artists and illustrators that I admire. Um, That's one for sure. Um, And then, like, I do have a shopping problem. I do have, like... (laughs) A, a serious shopping addiction so like there's usually a lot of shopping tabs open whether it's for clothes or for like house stuff or whatever like lately i think being home has inspired a lot of people to try to like redo their space so mm-hmm. now like you know west elm tabs open and crate and barrel and anthropology and all these things like looking for inspiration for like a cool functional home office or like right. a you know right. fun living stuff or That's yeah cool great that's awesome um <laughs> what was the last book you read or currently reading that you like a lot Ooh. um well i as we mentioned before like i've been reading those bridgerton book series the audio books oh, yes. yep. right. oh my gosh those are great let me take a quick look at my little audible list here i actually <laughs> usually do audiobooks um mm because I have ADHD. So it is really difficult for me to like sit down with Same. an actual book and flip through it. I hate it. I, I can do like 10 things <laughs> and then I just can't, my brain's just like, no, I don't want to do it. Um, yeah, it's hard. Um, I think I've also been doing a lot of, listening to a lot of classics. Like I've been going mm. back and listening to like, um, 
you know, Little Women and mm. all of the like Jane Austen books. Obviously, I have like a type, um, but I think like the the non Jane Austeny books that I've read last are um, the His Dark Materials book, The Golden Compass, Amber Spyglass, um, The Subtle mm. Knowledge. Those were I actually had never read them as kids. I like never really. I think because I was so ADHD and I like didn't right. I reading so much, I like didn't read a lot of those things that other people really loved. Um, and I love sci-fi, I love fantasy, mm. um, and I I know that HBO was doing that their own series of it. Um, but the books were like phenomenal. So those, those that was the last set that I read that was not like a like a romancey. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. It still counts. It's awesome. it's fine. Yeah, even the romancey ones still count. Um, do you you think design can make the world a better place and how so oh my gosh this is a loaded question now (laughs) yes design matters so much Um, I think design it's in everything we do it's in everything we see whether we whether we notice it or not like a bad design can have a really bad outcome on on certain things like I think you guys um, probably remember this from our classmate Paul's research. Um, his research was all about voting and mm. like, issues around um, security and transparency and um, all of the issues that, that are that are surrounding the voting system and voter suppression and all that stuff. Right, right. Um, and I always think about this example that he talked mm. about with the butterfly ballot and how that completely changed the course of our history yeah. because there was one ballot that the design was so awful that right. over a thousand people thought they were voting for one person and they were actually for, voting for a completely right, core, different yeah. person. And it's like absolutely wild to me. Like that's graphic design. Like someone exactly. unfortunately okay. designed that. She was not a trained designer. She didn't know that that's what would happen. She just, she was an administrator that thought she was, you know, saving space and saving trees and making mm. form for people. But like that's, it would have been totally different if a graphic designer had done that. So I think that's, that's definitely something I think about a lot um, when I'm doing stuff is like, how is this going to affect someone else? How is someone else going to use this? Um, if I'm designing this, like, can I make this better for someone else? Um, and I think like, there's a lot of really amazing social activists that are graphic designers right now that are creating stuff that is being shared far and wide because it's it's so important and so impactful and like i love seeing people um using graphic design to like amplify their voice and to share that kind of stuff yeah i'm with you on that yeah that's very powerful um okay so the next one um two more two more to go two more to go (laughs) um if you had to write a sentence about design in your terms, what would that be? Well, you kind of talked about it, but yeah, what would it be in one sentence? <laughs> like, what is graphic design? Yeah, it, it could be anything um, about design in your terms. Ooh, I guess graphic design is everywhere. Whether mm-hmm. you want it to be or not. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that's true. Like that. Yeah, that's exactly yeah, <laughs> the same as there. All right, last one here. Um, if you had to start your design journey over, what path would you choose? 
there's two options here. One, you knew all the design hacks and had an ability to change the world with that knowledge. Or two, you wouldn't want to change a single thing and instead embrace the mistakes you would make and continue to move forward. That's a great question. And I have to go with number two because mm-hmm. I think it doesn't matter what technical skills you have, you can always yeah. learn them. You can always learn how to use all the tools. You can always learn techniques, but like as lo- if you have that, like that passion and that desire to learn it and do it, then like you're going to be fine. And like, I think like we were talking about earlier, like if I hadn't made some of those mistakes, if I hadn't tried things and then they didn't work, like I, I, I would never have gotten better. I wouldn't be a very good designer. I would just yep. be like a, a walking, talking template. <laughs> That's kind of the heart That's of great. it. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Okay. Well, that was the last five, uh, rapid fire question Woo! that we had for you. Exciting. You, we did it. You did yeah. it. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, this, this, this has been fun. Um, I mean, yeah. this has been fun and amazing talking to you. Um, one more thing before we um, uh, let you go <laughs> with your day. Yeah. Um, where, where can people find you online? Um, uh, we know that you have an Instagram account. Um, yeah. Um, so is there more? A portfolio. Uh, sure. So I have a website, joannamahoney.com, J-O-A-N-N-A-M-A-H-O-M-E-Y.com. Um, that has some of my portfolio work on it. And you can also see the 100 Days of Joe project there um, and some of the Valkyrie work as well. Um, and then my Instagram is J-O-A Mahoney, Joe Mahoney. Um and I think those are probably the places that I'm the most active right now. Like I have a Twitter, but Twitter is overwhelming for me. So I don't really use it that much. Um, so yeah, probably, probably Instagram. Um, and then you can check out my portfolio page as well. Great. Perfect. Okay. All right. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Joanna. This is great. Um, um, we really enjoyed the conversation today with you for sure. Um, and it's a good time to catch up. Uh, yeah. It's a big uh, reunion online, <laughs> not in person, but uh, hopefully we can do this again in person. Um, and um, and yeah, thank you so much. Um, do yep. you have any? Um, is there anything that we that we that you wanna say uh, before we take off? Um, is there anything that you can think of right now? Not that I can think of, but yeah, this has been really, really super fun. And I can't wait to talk to you guys again, hopefully soon. Yeah. So, thank you Perfect. for having me. Of You're course. welcome. Thank you so yeah, much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no um, yeah that's about okay. it. Hey, 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 to all creative salts out there, how are you guys doing? We just want to say that we very much enjoy our talks with our wonderful and talented guests on the show. And we hope that our listeners and that's you, we'll enjoy as well. We're here to listen, take notes, and try to improve. That's it. We are open to any feedback that you might have in order to make our podcast better. So where to look for us? You might wonder. Well, we're on social media. You can follow us on Instagram at Talk. Visit our website at pixelperfect.blog or give us a comment after listening to our podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. As always, guys, thank you a ton for your support and tuning in. 
We hope our guest stories will inspire you to pursue your creative calling. And remember, now is the time to design, and it is a time to embrace the mistakes. Until next time, guys. Stay safe and healthy out there. We love you guys. We are Andy and Brad at Pixel Perfect. Signing off.